Praise God. Ready for the word? Ready, ready for the word? Learning so far? All right, let's do some. Let's, let's see if we can connect some dots again. Amen. Ready? All right, oh, somebody says, let's say this together. Our Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we receive revelation. We receive precision. We receive accuracy this afternoon. There's no contradiction. There's no error in the teaching of your word. We say we can behold you as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified. And we are edified. Amen. 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 All right. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. The culture of camp meeting. Matthew 16. So he says, <clears throat> when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea of Philippi, coast of Caesarea of Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that John the Baptist, some say Helias, some say, some say Helias, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter said, and answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. But let's, let's look at how Jesus answered that question. He says, For flesh and blood, has not revealed this unto him, but my Father which is in heaven. So we've been asking ourselves some questions. And we said, who am I? And I think we live in a world today that <clears throat> makes us to um, question our identity, makes us to question who really are we? Who really are we? What are we? What are we, um, why are we on this earth at this time? And who are we? Now, we said so many things in the morning. We said that um, there's different controversies that are trying to redefine humanity and imagine contemporaries, um, thoughts and idea. We said in today's world, the view of gender as male and female is not is being rejected in many circles and considered antiquated and we said there's about 107 genders identity while others are still yet emerging in our world today so that means we're we are living in a time <clears throat> and this shows us that we're living in a time where there's a lot of doubts a lot of uncertainties, a lot of discontent around the world. A lot of us, I mean, I'm sweating in winter. It's, 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 it's weird. <laughs> We're having summer in winter. Glory to God. So he says, um, so we said, so this revealed that there are doubts, there are uncertainties around. And we said that this a lot a lot of these things come in to attempts to define man outside God. We said that man cannot be defined by 
mere innovations of man. You can't know who you are via your phone. You can't know who you are via YouTube. You can't know who you are via Netflix. You can't know who you are via podcast. There seems to be a lot of podcasts that a lot of us watch now and we enjoy. And we just sit down and fit the thought patterns of men and we seem to flow with it and go with it. But we can't know who we are via that means. We can only know who we are by the function and the reason of God's word. Then we started putting some things to view and we said many of what we call ourselves today are acquired by location. That is, how we define ourselves today is by location, where we live, our nation, or where we were born. So that means if I was born in the United States of America, I have a trajectory of my, my life is supposed to go. That means when, at the age of five, I'm expected to be in elementary school, right? And by the age of 18, 19, 17, 18, 19, I'm expected to have been done with high school, right? And by the time I'm 19, 20, I should be in college. That's if I go. And after that, I should be planning to get married or within college, I should have gotten married and, and um, you know, what other thing? Get a job, a good job. From a good job, we, we do what? Um, uh, have children, buy a house. Um, what other thing again do we do? Eh? Eh? Travel the world. No, not everybody travels the world. <laughs> that one is subject to your own personal desire. The money you have is for bills. Then America start taking your bills. Start paying all the phone bill, the light bill, the eh, eh? Cornell, car, oh, car loans. <laughs> that's another, that's another mystery entirely. <laughs> you start paying the car loans. You start paying so many things till they chop all your money insurance. Till they take all your money. So let's say you are taking five hundred, five hundred. If I five hundred, now that would be too small. If you're thinking, let's say your paycheck is, let's just say 1,000. Out of that 1,000, just know some other things like, some other things that range in between 500 to 600 is gone from that money. In fact, even tax. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem of Americans today. If they can eradicate that, I think many of us will be fine. <laughs> that tax, so you will make so much money, the tax will just take about $300 off. And you don't say, the latter, you should be, you will collect it later. <laughs> you will collect it later. And in that later, everything will not be expensive. <laughs> so, we live in that world. And sometimes, that has now defined how we live, what we do, and it shapes our life. So, we said that even as technology is advancing, it's creating so many uncertainties. And we said technology is not wrong if it stays in a safe space. We said that human imaginations, ideas, they are used to solve problems, but it must be in a safe space. So that means it's important for us to know who we are. That is, whether we are right, whether we are confused, whether we are inspired, whether we are encouraged or discouraged. 
Because we eventually reflect what we think we are. So that means our identity has to be rediscovered. Our identity has to be shown to us again. It's important for us to know that our views, also our views, when I mean our views, the way you reason, your thought patterns, your thought patterns about slavery, your thought patterns about family, your thought patterns about culture, your thought patterns about right or wrong, my truth, but your thought pattern about gender, your view about gender, your view about human rights, your view about nation building, your view about relationship, the way we handle the earth itself, the government, our view. This, are, this is one of the things that form our identity. So oftentimes, we don't know where to put some restraint. Now, is it wrong for us to have views about certain things? No, it's not wrong. But where do we draw the line? So we said, you know, we said, we said in the morning that you can't be immune, right? Don't think, don't think you are just free from it. Because you live in that world where we have to answer questions. Remember I said something to you yesterday, I said, the earth is tied to man's identity, man's function, man's purpose. So that means the function of the earth has to be very known to you. So look at freedom. I, I touched about freedom yesterday night and I said, freedom must be defined alongside other vital life values. And we said the concept of human rights teaches freedom as there is an unlimited desire to be free. So we now say, what are we exactly running from? Free from what exactly? And many of us want to be free from human beings. So we create that point of isolation. So literally, or philosophically in our thinking and belief, we think that we should have a freedom that is making us free from other human beings. So that's why you see a lot of people today in our world telling you, I just want to be isolated. I don't, I don't like humans. Um, and you see them, they just, they just you, you see them in Walmart, you were trying to smile to them, they <laughs> They just do like this. And they'll just, and they'll switch up fast. Mm. <laughs> and you're not wondering. Well, and some of them, they don't even want to talk. So then you stop them from our church and say, Hi, um, my name is um, this. I just want to share with you the gospel. Say, uh, I'm not interested. Thank you, Nest. <laughs> I'm not interested. Are you wondering? Uh, it's just, can't we just have a conversation? Even the conversation, they tell you, I'm not interested. I'll call the police for you. They tell you, I'll call the public safety for you. <laughs> so, we all love freedom, but do we need freedom? Those are questions to ask ourselves. So, the Bible, so we said, who really are we? Is my identity discovered in freedom? Is my identity discovered 
in what the world system has created me to be. I just showed you a thought pattern. That is, you could move from when you're young, working, building your life, and you just think that is who you are. And that uncertainty has dived us into so many things. So we have to ask many questions. Who am I? Another question we should ask, what am I doing here? How about that? What exactly am I doing here? Why was I born? A lot of us, we think that our parents were just having fun and they just gave birth to us. So you see some people say, you were born by mistake. You see some people say, you are a bastard because of different circumstances that has happened. So sometimes, maybe because of broken marriages, and I'm sorry some of you that have that, I'm really sorry about that. And sometimes maybe your parents have some broken marriages, and you now think, that's, I mean, you now think that now shaped who you are. Then you now lose a touch of your identity. So the vital question is, what am I doing here? What exactly am I doing here? Who am I? So, but one thing you must understand, we said the Bible must be able to answer these questions, right? So, I'll give you another scenario. Many people cry at funerals. And we don't celebrate people when they are alive. So when people are dead, that's when you start writing all the epistles. Oh, he was such a good person. Oh, I, I wish he was here. And when he was here, you were keeping malice with the person. <laughs> oh, and many of us cry in funerals. And we don't know that that is actually very selfish. And sometimes some people go for those funerals to eat. Just for the dinner that is going to happen after. Like, okay, can we just go to steakhouse to, <laughs> to celebrate the celebration of life? Or let's have some wine and drink and just, you know, celebrate those things. And some of us think, uh, that's why I'm going to the funeral, just for some steak. <laughs> and some bread you know garlic bread and I think that's one of the best bread yeah. she said yes that means she's feeling like eating it <laughs> so but do we ever wonder does this question ever cross your mind That that late person, that person who is dead, did he fulfill while he or she was created? But many of us, the thoughts that comes to our mind is, oh, wow, you're just sad. But we, we have never asked some questions. Did this person fulfill while he was here? At least for the space of the years the person was alive, did this person fulfill? Why the person was here. So who really are we? And we said the scriptures or the Bible can answer these questions. Let's go to Psalm 8, verse 1. The Bible can answer this question. 
who are we? Why am I here? What if the reason you are in this camp meeting is so that you can know who you are and not be confused? Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 8 verse 1. It says, O Lord our God, our excellence is thy name in all the heads, who has set thy glory above the heaven, out of the mouths of babes, in our sins, out of the mouths of babes, and sucklings, as thou ordained strength, because of thy enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, in us is in verse 4, very key. What is man? That thou art mindful of him. And the son of man, that thou visited him. So your realization of who you are affects everything you do. Let me tell you. The reason why, I don't, know if you have, I don't know about you, I don't know if you have done research or into all these hired killers, I mean, all these people that go somewhere and put bombs on their body and decide to bomb the place, including themselves. I don't know if you have read research into those things before. And how many of you know that? Many of those things is the kind of information they were fed with. I don't know if you observe that. It's the information they were fed with. So that means we are all a product of an information of what we listen to. So the reason, do you know, I remember when I was in high school, I read a book, my CRK teacher then, she brought, interestingly, she, she, she was very free, so she brought a book I missed a textbook and other things in class. So we were just playing around and we just found that book. I think it's who is this Allah or something. Ah, we now begged Ada, please let us read it. Ah, she was now confused. She was like, why would you people be reading it? People are too young. We just begged her, please, ma, please, ma, just let us read it. So we read it. And I found that some people were conditioned from that book. I found that some people were conditioned that. When you die, I mean, some religions, some Muslims, they believe that when they die, they have to quickly die on time because there are several virgins waiting for them in heaven that they would have as an inheritance. Uh, am I speaking in tongues? <laughs> some of you are looking at me like, have you not read, have you read that thing before? Ah, oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> you just look at me like, ah, I just spoke in tongues. No. So, now, that shows a condition of how they are thinking. How many of you have things you are doing now that you never used to do before, but you started doing that thing because you saw somebody doing it? Let me see, uh, good and bad. Okay. That's to tell you we are all a product of influence. So your realization of who you are affects everything you do. So that means when you know who you are, you will have restraints. When you, own, when you know who you are, there are certain thoughts that can come to your mind. Imagine you know who you are, you are very sure of who you are. You are not going to doubt your gender. Like I said, don't, don't leave this camp meeting going to blame 
And that's what a lot of churches have done. Going to condemn or blame people that are homosexuals. Don't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't condemn them. Mm -mm. That's not our work. That is why we release that material for you. There is nothing wrong with you. All they need to understand, they just need another information. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They just need the right information and that information has to be communicated supernaturally. Because it's a bondage of the devil. And I trust God that probably if we have time, we're going to look at it tonight. So that means you can't condemn them. Because how many of you when you first started speaking in tongues, you doubted it. Oh, oh, thank God. Everybody here. Almost everybody. Yeah, you. I got you feeling the Holy Ghost. You can't say anything. <laughs> you can't even say, you can't even say you no know, doubt it. <laughs> Amen. Zedu. <laughs> I remember the day she spoke in tongues. She said, Should I just be saying it like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, human grouping are often a function of a sociological and psychological learning. So, whether we like it or not, we all identify with a group. There is one and there is no one that is unique. That's the truth. Because eventually, uniqueness is a lie. You know, that thing of let me tell you something. Do you know, I want all of you look at me. Do you know that that thing that you say, you say, I don't want to do what other people are doing. That statement in itself is actually doing so what somebody else is doing. <laughs> Some of you, the reason why you come to church and you don't come to church with Bible is because you saw somebody do it. The reason why you argue with Osha when Osha put you in his seat is because you saw somebody do it. Or you just thought it is right. That feeling of, oh, I can just do what I want to do. That thought, that statement in itself, you actually, you are actually belonging somewhere. All of us, including myself, we are all a product of influence. We all belong to somewhere. We all do. That our thought pattern, you caught it somewhere. That, the way you talk today, the way you dress today, the way you act today, the way you behave today is all from somewhere. So that feeling of uniqueness is a lie. So when you see motivational preachers preaching you good, your fingerprint, nobody has it. You are so unique. You are so this. You are feeling. They are pushing you to something that is very dangerous. Uniqueness is a lie. We all are a product of influence. The way all of you are dressed today, you are influenced. 
The way you talk today is influenced. The way you behave today, you are influenced. Now, and that has formed who you are. So that means every human being collapses into a group and many of these groups of people are looking for direction. Some of the thought patterns, some of the approach, some of the lifestyle we have taken, we took them from men who don't even know Jesus. Some of the words, many of us, we use curse words. We use the F word, we use the D words. In fact, there's a different word, there's a hey word, now there's a D word, there's a everything word. <laughs> we use all the words. And the reason why you do it is because you probably watched a movie. It's because you probably saw it somewhere. I remember I somebody, I was having a conversation with somebody one day. The person said, I want to go and get my gun license. Ah. I said, to do what? He said, for protection. I said, ah. Protection for who exactly? He said, I just want to be protected. Ah. I said, let's sit down, let's talk. I said, what exactly is chasing you? Who is trying to kill you? Who is? <laughs> he said, no, I just want to be. I, I said, at least you are not on the east side. You know, <laughs> those of you from Indiana will know what I'm talking about. When you say east side, <laughs> east side is the place where you need the protection. <laughs> oh boy, there is no day something is not happening on the east side. You just see the news, um, breaking news. So somebody just, there's just a burglary issue in the east side. Everything is always on the east side. <laughs> Hopefully it has changed. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so now, I was talking to this person, basically, I need protection. And I said, what is chasing you? Who is trying to kill you? He said, I just want to, I need to just get the gun license. I said, do you want to just be shooting people like that? I said, no. I just want to be holding it. For what? For protection. And do you know, with more conversations, I found out that that person was influenced. And he did not know what he was doing. And many of us are like that. The way we behave today, listen to me. We don't condemn people. Tell your neighbor, say, we don't condemn people. We love everybody. Because we cannot condemn the world we are trying to reach. Are you getting what I'm saying? That shows they are in service. Hallelujah. <laughs> we can't condemn the world we are trying to reach. Some people, they are into so many social vices today and they don't know how they got their hand into it. Some people have told themselves, I will never do this. <laughs> and the spirit of this world is walking like that and say, they play. <laughs> just they play. The spirit of this world is just looking at them. <laughs> uh, just they play. Some of you, how many of you had things when you were younger and said, I will never do it and you are doing it now. You have done it self already. 
Uh, me, me, I put my hand up too. So we are all we are all in the same shoe. But do you know that? Why did you do it? Do you know that you probably moved with people that you probably moved with people that that became a that was the lifestyle to them, and you don't see anything wrong in it again. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you that use curse words, and I'm not, there's no condemnation. Listen, I'm, I, I know I'm going to step on toes, but I'm not condemning you. I'm only preaching. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't want you to leave this community and say, Pastor was just attacking me. I'm not attacking you. I'm only teaching God's word. Because God's word is the truth. You know, we live in America today where preachers are very careful to speak the truth because they are being paid salaries by the church. That's why me, I'm not paying, I'm not under any salary by the church. So I can speak my truth freely. <laughs> so you know, I'm leaving the church because I'm not. <laughs> in, I'm not joking. We now live in a world where preachers are being careful. I mean, people now come to church now and record service. They will be recording the preacher speaking. Let's watch what he's going to say. Let's watch it so that we can post it on, on Twitter and deal with it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means, so hope I have all of us attention. Check everybody and say, does pastor have your attention? Okay, cool. What do you what is the answer? Uh, so I can talk, right? Oh, cool. I have to say that because you know, so that you will not miss next session. <laughs> Many of us have fallen into so many social vices because of the kind of movies we have watched, the kind of thoughts we have fed on, things we've read, friends we've moved with, and that has now shaped our identity. But is that truly who you are? Some of you, you are doing things, you're just, you probably smoke, you probably drink, you probably do so many things and you ask yourself and somebody will ask you, why are you doing it? You don't have an answer. It's not natural. No, it's not. It's not. It's the spirit of the devil that is working and that is what is majorly predominant in this our country and we're going to deal with the devil. So some people, they find themselves asking even stupid questions. And they don't even know why they are asking those questions. The spirit of this world is involved. And that now shapes their identity. It transforms their entirety. You see people killing. Some people have been to jail several times. And like I said, there's no condemnation. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm not trying to condemn anyone. We're just teaching God's word. Yes, sir. Some have been to jail. You know, some of you have friends like that. You have families, members like that who have been to jail several times and you ask them, why did you go? Some, some people even like jail. I've met people. I've met people. I've never met people on outreach and you had conversation with them and they're telling you how they want to go back to jail so that they will not pay bills. You should have had conversation. They said you are not preaching. You should have had things that they say, I really want to commit a crime. So that I can go back and not 
pay bills. At least they will be giving me free food. I met somebody told me and said, at least this one, I'm, I think it was a, I met him some years ago on outreach then. And I said, ah, so this, they say, see, now I'm still trying to buy something. He said, if I'm in the jail, at least it will be free. I said, I moved backward. <laughs> so, I said, say it again. He said, yeah. He said, so I really want to commit a crime and go. Then I asked myself, that, those are the things that started bothering my mind. Are we now at that So some people are killing people today because they want to go to jail. They want to end their life and go to jail, and so at least they will not be at the mercies of these bills we are paying. Some people, their, the factions of their life is now being determined by, ah, since I cannot get a job, since I'm an ex-convict, okay, I'll just keep doing bad things so that they will keep arresting me. And that has now shaped their entire life. Remember, like I said, there's no condemnation here. No what? Condemnation. We cannot condemn the world we are trying to reach. We can't. That's why we must be passionate for them. That's why we must be passionate in our preaching. That's why we must be passionate in the place of prayer. Because we are dealing with the forces of darkness. You know, I was saying something in the afternoon and it looks like a joke. But do you notice that? Our outreaches these days are looking, it's changing by the power of God, has been a bit, I don't know if I've observed it, in the last one, two years, has been a bit, ha, tough. Let me see your hand if you have observed it. It has been a bit, hey, it's like you're having to tussle, having to, ah, who having to, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, don't worry, this camp meeting, things will change. What if we went to outreach this morning and you saw things change? Thank you, Lord. So that means we all belong to a group. So people define identity by desires, by trajectory. Yet it only leads to more anxiety. In the last three to four years, particularly after the COVID-19, there has been a general rise in the world, in the whole world. Among human beings in the world, there has been a general rise of discontent. People are just not, people just want to move. That's why it seems like the, immigra the, the migration issue has increased far more. People relocating, people dislocating, people going different places. That's because there's an unsettlement in the land, especially immediately after that. That's why if you notice... How many of you remember what happened with Black Lives Matters? Do you notice it happened in the pandemic? And, you know, do you notice that? Let me tell you something. It wasn't, we were really fighting. If it was really Black Lives Matters we were fighting, why, are we, why did we have to go as far as destroying properties? Do you, do you see that it's not, it's not just Black Lives Matters? If it was really Black Lives Matter, we could just have peacefully protested. We didn't have to destroy uh, lights, government properties. 
destroy shop buildings. Almost every tall buildings in downtown in different cities were destroyed. How many of you know now? You were you were there now. Some of you are. How many of you joined the protest? Ah, thank God we have believers in there. <laughs> Some of you don't want to cast your sins now. I'm just joking. So they've been that rise. So that's why many of us want to change our jobs. There's migration. There's more migration issue than ever before. You are just not settled. You just want to go somewhere. There's just that cry in your heart. And sometimes it has even destroyed many of our relationships. We don't want to be friends with people again. I just want to be alone. Leave me alone. Don't be my friend. Go your way. So many divorce, so many issues has happened in the last three to four years because of the unsettlement in the land. And especially in the United States, it has increased even more because there seem to be that freedom. You can do whatever you want and nobody will question you here. As far as you are not breaking the rules. As far as you don't trespass on other persons, you don't solicit. <laughs> so now, and many of these things have shaped our identity. So, anxiety many at times prompts human beings to freedom. But anxiety leads to discontent. So there's been a lot of anxiety. Thank God, the Spirit of God, we, we had to do a teaching this year dealing with anxiety. We had to even do a nothing terrified. We had to deal with those things because we noticed that so many things were happening, so many restlessness going on. So no matter how we look, no matter where we are born, no matter the color we are, no matter our colors, it doesn't change God's plan for us. So you could be white, you could be black, you could be any color. It still doesn't change God's plan for you. The world does not define who you are. Things you read online does not define who you are. Your society, the fact that you live in the United States of America, that you are born in the United States of America, doesn't define who you are. What defines who you are is God's word. Remember we said something yesterday. We said God created who? Man. Right? And he put man where? On this earth. So that means for me to be on this earth, it must be well defined by God. It must be defined by God. Not the other fellow humans with me on this earth. Even though they have a part to play. Because you cannot be isolated from every human being. No, you can't. But that is why we need the right influence. And the right influence can only be gotten in the good guardian of believers. And in the guardian of believers. And also with the right teaching of God's word. So who are we? So we asked the question yesterday, is individualism wrong? Not so. But it cannot produce the fulfillment that comes to humanity. Our answers must depend on the Holy Scriptures. So that means for me to be able to answer my question on who I am, I must rely on 
the scriptures. A good number of people has abandoned the Bible because they see that the Bible produces antisocial concept of bondage. What if I've had conversations with people and they tell you the Bible is just um, it's a book that puts you in bondage. It's too restricted. So many laws. What if I've had conversations with people like that? Oh, you should. They tell you that it's too many laws. And it now seems like religion is one of the toughest questions or conversations to have in the United States. It's, it's even a philosophy. Religion is the it's even like a no-go area conversation in the United States that you cannot talk about your religion freely. You cannot share. You don't. Yes, they say we are we are free. We have freedom of expression, but that freedom of religion, there seems to be a, a comma to it. Because when you bring it up, it seems to bring public safety. <laughs> it seems to bring NYPD or Rochester Police Department. <laughs> you know, I never knew that you could be arrested for the gospel till I got to Rochester when they started chasing us. That's when I knew that police, police brutality is real. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so if you are in a state where they acknowledge your religion very well, appreciate it too. Don't leave. So those Texas people are saying glory to God. But we receive more. Amen. We say the walls are coming down. The veils are tearing open. We see open doors. Hallelujah. So, as we find through the scriptures, we must see that light must shine in dark places. So, a shining light must drive darkness away. What is darkness? Darkness is a state of confusion, a state of chaos. What does God's word do? God's word comes to drive away every darkness in our hearts, every form of confusion, every form of, every form of issues in our We had this teaching we did in the later part of this year, a fresh start. And we said, God, the, the scriptures begin with chaos. And God had to restart again. So what does God's word do to a confused man? To you. It comes to bring light to the darkness in your heart. So when I preach the gospel, I am preaching light. When I preach the gospel, I am preaching clarity. When I'm preaching the gospel, I am providing direction to men. And we're going to look at this even much later in the course of this camp meeting. Because to know who I am is to know, is, you know, it's like clarity. When I, when I know, oh wow. How many of you, you've driven through the wrong exit before? And maybe, I don't know if you have driven before and your GPS failed. You know, those highways where there's no road light, uh, there's no street light on the road. And you're just driving in, in those solo road. Maybe you're trying to avoid highway. No, you're trying to avoid tolls. So, <laughs> you now start driving 
in those slopey road and your GPS field. I remember there was one time, <clears throat> I think I was in Canada and I was driving and I was driving back and my GPS just failed. Hey! <laughs> this, you know, and you're on the highway and you don't know the road. I, I looked left, looked right. Ha! I just started using soup. I just started praying in tongues. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Angel, you take me home. <laughs> you know, and I had to call my 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 medical provider. They said there's nothing they can do. Ah, how you say there's nothing you can do? They say hey, we've tried, we've tried. Restart your phone. I restarted my phone five times. They said there's nothing you can do. Ah, I just prayed in the Holy Ghost. Ah, when I saw that human effort has failed, I just packed on the and said, Lord Jesus. You have, taught, you have brought me thus far. You will leave me here in this country to be stranded. So I just started driving. And it just seemed like the Holy Ghost was taking me. Glory to God. Oh, it was very super. Like, I will never forget that experience. It was it, dead in the night. I mean, around 12, 1 a.m. So everywhere, at least there was nobody you could stop by. And you know, the, the beauty about those things is I take a lot of risk. There was no too much gas in the car, too. You know, that's when everything will be coming to your head like, hey, what happened? And where is it opened? Is there anywhere opened? <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, so now, we said, to know who we are, we must understand what Christ has done. So let's go back to that Matthew 16 again. Are we learning something? Yes, are we thinking? Yes, oh yeah, you should think. It says, Simon Peter asked a question <clears throat> and he said, Who do men say that I am? And he said, So that means Peter's description of Jesus, it showed that his purpose was tied to the earth. Even Jesus' purpose was tied to it. He says, Because thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. He now says, that. So that means, look at in Act 9. Let's, let's look at Act 9. Let's see some critical questions that Paul asked. Go to Act 9, verse 5. At 9, verse 5. Still in camp, meaning? <clears throat> At 9, verse 5. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you persecute. He asks the question, who are you? So that means identification is discovered within the encounter of Paul and Jesus in this conversation from Judaism. He found out his reality. So that means in that conversation, we had an exchange of information on identity. So that means we only know who people are, by what, by or with what God says they are. You can't know yourself by what social media defines you. You can't know yourself by the philosophies that they teach you in school. You can't know yourself by what CNN, what um, Netflix, what YouTube, what a content creator is putting out. What a podcast person is putting out. You can know yourself by that. You can only know yourself 
by what the word says you are. And we looked at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 in the morning. And it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So that means, I am a new man in Christ. Say, I'm a new man in Christ. But before we get to that new man in Christ, remember we looked at in Ephesians 2, where it says, we have followed the thoughts of this world. So that means, our worldview must be addressed. To understand what your worldview is, there's first a need to understand what the word worldview means. Your worldview, or the word worldview, is defined as one's perception of the world. That is, the way a person sees or views the world. That's what is called a worldview. A worldview is deemed as a collection of attitudes, values, stories, expectations about the things about the world around, which informs how we think and act. So that means my worldview is expressed in my religion, in my ethics, in my values, in my philosophy, in my scientific beliefs. My worldview is addressed there. So that means who I am is based on the way I view the world. How have I seen the world? What perceptions do I have about the world? So that means my worldview is very vital. So that means what I do, who I relate with, eventually reflects in my worldview. Who, what I do, who I relate with, eventually reflects in my worldview. So that means all of us seated here, we are all shaped by the kind of worldview we have. The friends you have, the reason you relate with those friends is because of your worldview. The belief patterns you have, oh, this is how things should be done. This is how I believe things should be done. This is how I see it. This is how I just think it. The reason why you are thinking it that way is because of your worldview. And it is shaped in a different way. So your worldview is the way you see yourself in the world. And the way you see others in the world. The way you see yourself in the world, the way you see others in the world. So that would mean there will be a different kind of worldview. Which are attitudinal, cultural, philosophical, and biblical. So that means some of us, our culture has formed our worldview. So that means, let me, let me explain what it means. If you see somebody who did not prostrate, if you are from a culture like I came from my culture now, some of you might not be able to relate, but if you are from the kind of culture I came from, you would, there's a way you have to prostrate and greet. 
But now, and if you don't see people greeting in that way, you would think they are rude. Do you see what has happened? That is your cultural worldview. And some now, if they see you do that, prostrating or leaning down to greet, they will think you are doing too much. I don't, know if you are, I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying. You know, I remember when I was, I remember one of the first times I got to America and I was prostrating for someone, a very elderly woman. She was so scared. If you all know what I'm talking about, <laughs> she, was, she used to do Bible study for us. In fact, she's, she's a prayer woman. She just prays for us. She will still text me and say, um, hi, I'm just checking on you, brother. Please do your prayer request. I'm still praying for you. After many years. I said, thank you, ma. Okay, pray for this. Pray for that. I'll just list it. So now, I remember one of the first times, so I now had to explain to her that I'm so sorry. So she, she started getting so much uncomfortable. So I had to explain to her because she would host us for dinner, I think every Wednesday night, we would eat. That's when I like, that's where I learned how to eat lasagna. Oh. I don't even know that lasagna that is properly cooked. Lasagna that is probably cooked is good. I don't know if you know. Oh, if it's not good, I can recommend Olive Garden is all for you. You you will like it. It's good. It's, it's, it's Jesus' meal. <laughs> I think we will still eat it in heaven. <laughs> I'm just joking. So, now, so when she sees me, she will, anytime I'm prostrating for her, this and that, she will be like, you don't, she, so she started, so she started even getting angry. So I had to sit her down. I told her, I said, in my culture, where I came from, I cannot stand the fact that you are elderly and I will greet you by checking you or saying hi. Or call you name. She wanted us to call her name. I mean, this is a woman that can give birth to even my parents. She said, just call me my name. Hey? I said, sorry. <laughs> my own culture, we cannot. <laughs> I had to tell her, <laughs> we can't. <laughs> so she now understood. So anytime, she, so she would not make jest of me. The, the person that I always do too much in greeting. <laughs> so she, she now, she now did it easily like jesting. But I now found out something, that she did not hate it. She was just uncomfortable because she has not seen it before. But she did not hate the culture of the honor. There is nothing wrong in our culture by saying, good morning, ma. Good morning, sir. Even when you want to type a meal, you say, hi. Hi, Paul. <laughs> to your boss, to your, to your, um, to your professors. So you just say, hi, hi, Maddie, hi, Maggie, hi, Jeremy. Then you now put bracket, Ishi. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with just say, hi, ma. Don't stop your own culture. They don't hate it, though. Now, I'm talking to the Western world now, and I understand that. It's not your culture, but it is, they still, you still see them telling you, put some respect. How many of you see some other people telling you, put some respect? That you are rude, you are yelling, you are doing things. They'll tell you. 
So the culture is, is normal. That's not where I'm going to in this meeting. So I'm only explain, explaining to us our worldview. So are you seeing the different kinds of worldview now? That's cultural now. In your own culture now, you could greet people by shaking. And somebody else's culture will say it is, is rude. But that is how the worldview of the person has been shaped. And you get to what I'm saying. That's also affects. So now that also goes to our political worldview. Some people now are just angry with all the politicians. They say they should bomb, they should go and bomb Capital Building, just like how many of us designated survival on, on Netflix? Oh, it's very interesting. You should watch it. Ah, I'm live. Ah. Look, I'm giving an endorsement to... Don't watch it, don't watch it. <laughs> now, some people say they should just bomb the Capitol building. Bomb everything. Let's restart the country again. Some people, that's their worldview. They don't see anything good. They say this Biden should just die. That is too old. That why will an 80-something-year-old man be ruling? That's why the nation is going down. He should just... That's their worldview. Why some people are thinking and saying, you know, he should even run for second election. That 2024, we still see him as our president. <laughs> so you see, see now, see. Some people say, ah. <laughs> so, you see now, you see now. I, I've never said anything. Some people say, ah. <laughs> some people say, let Trump, we miss our Trump. Let him come back. So at least our economy can be good. <laughs> Different worldviews. Different worldviews. It's your worldview that makes you believe whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat. I remember when I used to do politics actively. Now I've taken the back seat a bit. I was both. <laughs> I was both for the connection. So I would go for Republican convention, connect with some senators, meet them. Hey, hey, hey. I would go back to Democrat. Hi, guys. <laughs> So I was, I was everywhere. <laughs> so one girl, one girl now noticed that I was in, so she was in media. So interestingly, it was Indiana Convention Center. She was in the media, so they interestingly did it almost at the same time. She worked in the media. Yeah, I saw you, I said, you don't see me. You don't see me. <laughs> he said, I saw you in that um, Republican, you are here. I said, no, it's not, I don't think it's me. You know, we can have some look alike. It was really me. <laughs> I was looking for connection. <laughs> so that's worldview. So that means biblical worldview also must be defined. And a believer must shape his life around the right biblical worldview. Some people today, the reason why the kind of scriptures they believe is based on the kind of churches they've gone to, different places, and it has shaped the way they think. Such that some people today, if they see a cat, their first disposition to a cat will be that, why is the cat staring at me? This must be a witch. Because of the kind of way they are taught in church. Are you getting what I'm saying? And why some, if you, <laughs> cat, in fact, protect cat lives, there's, Cats, there's even, I found out that 
there's departments in different cities. Go and look for it in your city. You'll find out that there's a different, there's a community of cat owners and dog owners, dog moms, dog dad, cat mom, cat dads. Yeah, I'm, I'm not joking. In fact, they even have, I've, I was doing prayer work one time in this Rochester and I walked to the place where I found out where they do the dog meeting, the dog mom and father association. I'm not joking. I walked, it, it was from this venue I walked to the play. It was very, very far. Ah, as I got there, I said, okay, maybe this is why I walked. I said, eh? So you see, I just see them, everybody coming out with their own dog. Everybody coming out with, and they are all laughing. I mean, that is the world we live in now. So, conversation starter. Let me give you a teaser for your outreach. Conversation starter. Are you a dog mom? It's a good conversation. You better start. <laughs> If you want disciple, <laughs> you better. <laughs> if you want disciple, you better start with it. You see, I just look, you look like somebody that has two dogs. Like you have, are you a dog mom or a cat mom? So you will now say, ah, no, you will not argue. Dog is better than cat. Cat is better than dog. Oh yeah. So do you believe the gospel? <laughs> So if you want disciple, you better you better quickly adjust. Adjust your worldview. Don't start saying me dog. Oh, better play with it and say, oh, this looks so sweet. Do you know a church member has called me before and said, Pastor, pray for my dog. And I did. Pastor, please, my dog fell sick. You said you taught us last week on healing. Please, can you pray for the dog? I said, Alright, you would believe for miracle. And I asked the person the next Sunday, is your dog healing? The person said, yes. I said, hey. Wow. So healing power can be transcended into dog. I never knew. We are growing every day. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So you better use it as conversation starter. Some of you, I know you don't like any. You better start liking it for conversation starter. See, and the eyes, so you better start learning the, the principles of the eyes. The eyes, you know, the, I just like some fluffy ones. Me, I've had to learn which, one, which dog is which. You know, say <laughs> so this one is the Caucasian dog, the doodles, the these. I was like, oh, yeah. So, okay. So, but do you believe the gospel? <laughs> See, but you know, so in that, you know, after you have engaged, because you have to, after you have engaged, the wife, you say, um, so you know, Jesus died. <laughs> And he was really buried. <laughs> he rose again <laughs> for all of our sins. See, that's where they will not start seeing their faces coming down. The people that were happy before. Uh, so, uh, can we have this conversation later? I said, no, please now. Can we continue our dog? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, our worldview. So, <clears throat> a cultural worldview would be a person's attempt to use culture and cultural differences to see or understand the world. But let me tell you, a believer ought to see the world the way God sees it. So that means I must be in a good local church, and I'm going to be talking about that in the course of this camp meeting as we progress. So, so that so now that means. Where whatever information I process or I feed on every time matters a lot. 
Because it is going to affect my worldview. If all I am hearing every Sunday is as touching my enemies, my enemies, my enemies, my enemies, my enemies, my enemies, the, the powers that is doing me, the power, my worldview will be shifted in a myopic way. I will not see the singularity of the scriptures. I will not be able to comprehend things properly. Or if all I'm hearing every Sunday is motivation, where the pastor does not even open the Bible, he just tells you, brethren, you just, you know, this is the way they dress now these days. Somebody will ask me, Pastor, you know you should be dressing like that. I say, ah, I don't know how to. Where you just wear jeans, you just wear some crazy jeans, just wear some boots. So, yeah, man, I just put some, some ice. <laughs> just put some ice. Just say, yo, church, yo, church, hi, church. You know, version you unique. Jesus, Jesus got it all for you. You, you know those, you know it. Different things. And that we should, so all you are doing in the church is, who? Who? Period. Who? Paul. Preaching, preaching, preaching. Who? All you are just is clapping during the sermon. Clapping, clapping, clapping. And you are not growing. Hallelujah. It's forming your worldview. And you are not growing. So those type of people now, you engage them on why did Jesus die for sins of men? They can't answer. Why did Jesus come? Why did God come down as a man to die? Simple question. They can't answer. They tell you, ah, from the this to the that. Let's look for the analysis of the cup. So get me some water so that we can pour the cup. <laughs> you see them on your TikTok. Some of you even like them. Stop laughing. Some of you will press like, double tap. Because you are moved. They, they rev you up to your, they rev your emotions. They, were, they, they are able to psych your emotions. Not every preacher can do it. That's the truth. I mean, as far as you have the influence, you, there is no preacher that cannot psych anybody's emotion. Oh, yes. If I want, if I want all of you to give $10,000 $10, now, I know the someone to bring out. You will go and borrow the money. It's, it's normal. You just don't want to preach. But that's not what we are called to do. We have a sincerity of heart. You want to just call the money. See, I remember I was having a conversation with my dad one day. I said, oh, as a preacher, it's not difficult to call money. You, I say, you just know, you just escapulate the scripture, put them in fear. If I tell you now that if you do not bring $10,000, you die in the next 10 minutes. Or before this today ends, you must show God that this is what you have to do. If not, you will not see December 31st. Would you be scared? You, in fact, if you fall, you now mistakenly fall sick in the course before, between now and December 31st, you'll be thinking, hey, hey, you will quickly do it. Abby? Ah, money will come. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? It's, it's, those are not, it's the word of God that is the power. Hallelujah. That's why you must be in the right place where they are teaching you God's word, where they are not deceiving you. 
They'll tell you, you should sow money to live long. Covenant day of long life. Say so you drop some money down. That's one of the things that can help you to live long. How? How? How we money? Wait, please, let's... <laughs> I mean, this America... In this New York... Okay, let's just be quiet. <laughs> so, a believer's worldview begins from the point of faith. That is, he must discover his identity. I don't know if I've seen... I don't know if you, I've been able to touch so many things and I'm showing you how you are shaped now as a person. I don't know if you've seen it. So that means you are shaped with your culture. It has formed your thinking pattern, right? Do you know that the kind of movies you watch also form your thinking pattern? The kind of friends you move with shapes who you are. Who you are. The kind of information you feed in, things you subscribe to. Some of you, you have things you subscribe to on mail. But when supernatural committee may comes, you you flag it down. <laughs> Say, we light up the air. Huh? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Those things shape you. The kind of people you follow on Instagram, on Twitter, those you are getting their thought pattern, you are getting their mindset. Those things are shaping who and forming your identity. So now, listen, you will now find yourself doing, speaking, acting, behaving in a certain way. What causes it? It is because of all of these things I have mentioned. So nobody wakes up in the morning when they are young to say they want to drink. They probably saw somebody drinking and they became a, they just said, let me try it. And from the trying, it became a normal life. They say, let me, everybody has a first day, they started smoking. And from that first day, it became a normal life. Some people, I remember I met somebody who had so 100% craving to have a tattoo. I said, ah, why? He said, people are just having it around me. And I told the person, I said, move away from that person. And after like two years, the person said, I don't feel like having it again. That was just all. That was just how to deal with the person issue. Some of you now, the reason why you want to get piercings is because those around you have it. You have watched so many YouTube videos, so many people, you have, watched, you have subscribed to so many things, you have seen so many things, you have watched, and that thing is making you, ah, I just like this thing. I mean, I want to get more piercings on my ear. I want to pierce my body. I want to do so many. I want to have some tarts. Better don't run it. Better don't look at someone that have tattoo and tattoo his face and say, you know, some of some people even have tattoo in church. We don't condemn people. They even accommodated the fact that pastor always talk about their tattoo every <laughs> We don't condemn anybody. Are you getting what? Let it be a conversation starter. Hey, how many tats you got? Got like five? Oh yeah. What does it mean? It's a conversation. They don't know. Many of them, they don't, they didn't know why they got it. If they were really well taught, they would never have peered in that direction. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
Some people now, they are so addicted to drinking that they can't stop. The reason why is because if you even ask them, why are you drinking? Why can't you drink Coke? They'll tell you, they'll tell you, Coke is not sweet in my mouth. The alcohol is sweeter. And you'll be wondering, you, you'll be wondering, alcohol is bitter, but they is sweeter in their mouth. They don't, you, you can't, they can't explain it. Some are into drugs. Some just want to wake up. That's why you see somebody just wake up in the morning and just go and shoot people. They don't know what is going on. It's the devil. The spirit of this world. And let me tell you, they were influenced. Because now the information we spread that somebody woke up in the morning now to kill the news media has carried one person to has read and said, hey, so somebody can... So I can take my mother's gun and go and use it to kill my own. So you see that everybody is influenced. They did not just wake up and just say, oh, we're going to shoot. Somebody, like I just told you the story of somebody that I met who said, I just want to get gun for protection. He said, nothing, just for protection. So are you seeing what are the things that have shaped our life? Are you seeing that we've got a lot of carefulness to do? So why, how far can we go? That's another question we have to ask ourselves. How far can we go? How far can we go? Because we said self-realization is very critical to human existence. So who am I? Are you seeing who you are now? <laughs> are you already seeing the makeup of what has shaped you? But does that really define you? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That does not define you. And as many of you start giving birth to children, start having children, or some of you that already have children, you've got to quickly make up your mind on how you want to train them. You've got to quickly make up your mind on the kind of information they have to listen to. You've got to, because the school you are planning to take them to is not safe, but is, we are trusting God's power. I told you a story, Sister Roca was sharing with me a story of how somebody that they took away from school and is over home school is still questioning her identity. Oh, no. I don't think I want to be a girl anymore. Despite even the homeschool. It's because it is engrossing the syllabus. It is engrossed everywhere. It's now a teaching. Your sexual awareness. Uh, are you sure that you want to be a guy? Do you like it? Do you sometimes feel? <laughs> Do you sometimes feel someone? Do you sometimes feel like your body is not feeling like you're a guy? <laughs> do, you, do you sometimes feel like you need another body? You know? Those are the questions they're asking them. <laughs> so, the believer's worldview must begin from a point. So, do you see why I had to go this direction? So that you can sit down and ask yourself certain questions. Okay, where did I get this thing I'm doing from? 
Okay, this bad habit, where did I get it from? These curse words, where did I get it from? Okay, is it the kind of friends I move with? Is it the kinds of movies I watch? Is it the kind of things I subscribe to? You know, there are so many people you have to unsubscribe from your social media. You know, there are so many people you don't have to follow anymore. You know, so many things you don't have to watch again. At least to keep your mind sane. You just have to stay away from it. Because I told you, man is a product of influence. You won't know. And this is what has made us, all of us. You see, a typical two-year-old child, they already know how to operate an iPad. Where did they, how did they learn it? Sharp, sharp. A two-year-old a two child in our country can operate successfully an iPad, can on the TV, can press the remote, go on YouTube, do everything. Are you wondering? When I was two years old, all I was just doing is A for Apple, <laughs> B for ball. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it starts from his identity. So, Jesus asked them a question, who am I? So, the difference in a believer knowing who he is. So, the difference between a believer and an unbeliever is that he must know who he is. Why am I teaching you this? You are born again. You are a minister of the gospel. You cannot act like an unbeliever who don't know who they are. You are to give light to those people. What is your job? Your job is to go and preach and show them the who they are. So can I say, when I'm preaching the gospel, I am reintroducing man's identity to them. Can I say, when I preach the gospel, I am bringing them back to Genesis 1.26. He created you in his image. So when I go and preach, can I say, you know God created you in his image. Can that mean I'm bringing them back to their identity? Because we said, man, this human being can only be found in knowing who is identity in Christ. So can we say, another thing that Jesus came to do for us is to make us understand who we are. Can we say that? So, when Peter asks, when Jesus asks those disciples those questions, can we say he was asking them that question so that they too can discover who they are? That is it. So, who am I? So, the fact that I'm a believer, I must know who I am. There was a teaching we did some years ago. What every believer ought to know, you should listen to it. He must know who God says he is. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 14, 20. John 15, 5. This shows that Jesus is teaching about identification. We also saw the epistles. Paul teaching from the same. That is, the believer is taught to know who he is. So remember I said, the worldview of a believer must be shaped by what? Believing the gospel. So that means there's a kind of worldview you should have. What worldview should you have? A worldview of a man in Christ. Once your worldview is shaped to see 
who you are in God's word. What God's plan is, you would understand your identity. So when he says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. He says, he is. He says, all things are passed away. He says, behold. That word behold there is look at it closely. All things are passed away. Philemon 1 verse 6. It says the effectual, it says um, that the communication of every good thing in you, in Christ Jesus, Philemon 1 verse 6. So he explained it, that the believer will know who he is. So the scriptures help us to see how that Christ reveal who we are to us. So like I said, the believer is not known, known by therapist, by psychologist, by Instagram, by Twitter, by the school system. Can we say also by the American world? I, I believe we can agree on that. You are not defined, especially for those of us in New York, you are not also defined by the New York world. It can be a different ball state in your own Different ball game in your own state, but we in New York, we know what we are dealing with. <laughs> it can be, are you getting what I'm saying? So the believer can only be known in Christ because we are found in Christ. Look at 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 5. I will begin to round up very soon. Are you in camp meeting? Getting blessed, understanding this. Tonight's session, we're going to have great times. We're going to minister powerfully by the Spirit to a specific set of people. We're going to have um, times where we can understand so many things. But I want you to hear this very well because this is going to help us for the night session. Look at First Peter 2, verse 4. 1 Peter 2 verse 4. It says, To whom coming as unto a lively stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God. Now, Peter was speaking here. He says, Ye also. Speaking to the identity of the believer in Christ. This shows us. Look at 1 John 4, 17. 1 John 4, 17. 1 John 4, verse 17. 1 John 4, 17. It says, Wherein is our love made perfect? Because we have, we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, what happened? So are we where? As he is, so are we in this world. So, that means I will think like the way Christ will, right? I will view things like the way God will view it. And how would I even know? That means I have to be properly taught from the word. I cannot be taught from a Netflix movie. I cannot be taught from the social media, right? I cannot be taught from the American philosophies, from the American principles. I will be taught by wow, by God's word. 
How many of you, if you're understanding to this point, let me see your hands. Oh, okay. So our revelation of Christ, we stand from the believer's faith in Christ, should affect the knowledge that we have of ourselves. So when we see him as he is, we build ourselves. So we must constantly and be continually reminded of who we are in Christ. Those of you doing evangelism, discipleship, one thing you should focus on a lot in the coming season is teaching people who they are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let them understand it in your follow-up. Don't be tired of repeating it again and again. Repeat it. Let it dawn on people who exactly they are. So, whose I am? So, the question goes, who am I? Who do I belong to? Why was I created? So, at this point, we'll begin to examine so many things. And we'll look at this in the course of this camp meeting. Why was I created? Why was I born? Why am I here? We've looked at who is man, right? We've looked at things that shape up the kind of food you like now. How many of you know it's because of the places you've been to? Some people, some of you, you see foods on Instagram, you're like, ew. The reason why you say ew is because you've not eaten it. If you eat it and you try it and it is sweet, it becomes your, your confession changes. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. I remember I didn't used to like pizza before. I'll tell you the story of how I started eating pizza. I've told some of you before. And they, was doing, they were doing African night in school years ago. And they told me, when they were inviting me, that there's going to be jollof rice. There's going to be pounded yam. There's going to be so many things. I said, wow. So me, I fasted. I did like... You know when they say you will fast and you will break tomorrow. So I wanted to go and break the fast in that meeting. Because the way they hyped it for me, they said, you must come. I said, no problem. She beats African night. So as I got there, to my surprise, I thought they were whining me. <laughs> as I entered inside, the place was not smelling like the way it should smell. That was the first thing I observed. So I called the person that invited me, please come aside. I am not seeing what you told me. They say, is there? Ah, I said, where? He said, is there? The person, she was poisoned to Little Caesar's pizza. Ah, I was disappointed. Little pizza, pizza, and lemonade. And, you know those bottles of lemonade that they sell in those pizza companies? Oh, Jesus. I was disappointed. So I had, so I, and I was so hungry. I mean, you can't be faster and not be hungry. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I was so hungry. So I just said, I, just, I ate it in tears and pain. They said, can you play game? I said, I'm not playing game. <laughs> so as I finished eating it, I packed my bag and go. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So, the reason, so many of us, are you seeing the way you are shaped? So, when you see yourself veering into something or asking strange questions of your sexuality, you know, I told you you cannot be immune, right? You quickly ask yourself, what have you been watching, right? 
Who have I been talking to? Where have I been? Maybe the craving to tattoo your body start coming. You start asking yourself, hey, 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 hey. You start doing some check. What's going on around me, right? Maybe the craving to do, to start smoking, to start drinking. You know, I tell people, the best way to stop some habit is stop some friends. That's one of the best ways to help some disciples. Just stop some friends. Just stop relating with those people. The reason why some people do drugs today, do weed, do everything, is because of friends. They can't, they, they, somebody influenced them to eat. If they can stop, and you know the funniest thing about the devil, if they can stop that friend, they might not go for it, but they will still be doing it, but they are already receiving it gradually. It won't be difficult again. So that means the kind of company and the people we relate with can either make our life or destroy it. So this leads me to a major point. Man is a product of influence. To know who you are is to know that you are easily influenced. The kind of year you are babbing today, the kind of year you made today is because you are influenced, including me. The way you are dressed, the way you are behaving, the way you talk, your accent. Some say, he has a thick accent. What is your problem? <laughs> the kind of things you do, you are influenced. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23, as we start closing gradually, we'll pick up from this later. Are you learning something in this company? Are you seeing who you are? Yes, sir. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23. I know we said morning and afternoon sessions are times for strong emphasis on the word. Right? Afternoon. Evening is what? Holy Ghost. Ah. Amen. So when you are coming for next session, come hungry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? hungry. Proverbs 4, verse 25 to 28. Look at what it says. It says, so I'm going to be saying that many of your disciples have to hear this. Yes, so please, as this message come out, please give them. Yes, Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 20, verse 4, verse 20 to 23. It says, my son, Attend to my words, incline thy ear to my saying. Look at what it now says in verse 21. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all thy flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. It says, for out of it are what? Are the issues of life. So that means the believer must be consciously cautious. So as to not get into a state of independence that it now begins to depend on the world, on the rogues of the world, on the trends to know what to do and what to say. Do you know that some people, let me tell you, some people that are forming all these Instagram buddies, some of you, you have them on your Instagram, Instagram buddies, and they are just in college. 
You, some of you know them. Instagram baddies. They will just be posting naked pictures and say, I'm a baddie. You see, you see them now. They, they, they're posting the F words. They're using the F word. They're using everything. They say, I'm a baddie. I'm, I just want to enjoy my life. I just, you know, uh, I don't care about any... They'll use the N word too. <laughs> I think we have so many words. It's because I'm live, so that's why I'm, I'm very restricted to my words now. <laughs> so that, so they'll say, Pastor, you are saying the word? <laughs> so they will use everything. Do you know that the reason why... And do you know that? If social media shuts down, they won't have a life. The only, the only reason why they are doing it is because there are people sharing them on. They will post pictures on YouTube, you can put period. Step on their necks. Period. They post pictures that is, is revealing things. You two are doing poor for them. Fire. Oh my God. You, you ate. You ate it, sis. Girl. And they are just 18 years. Some of you, you know them, they're in your, some of you that are in college, you, they're in your school. And you are the one sharing their stupidity on. If social media shuts down, they will be depressed. I'm not joking. Because that is what their life is now all about. They have, that's why you go and check them now, they put a story. If you, if before this session they put something on their story, before next session they put, they are always very active because that is where they get their life from. So your life cannot be dependent on you. You are looking at people like that and say, this person is just enjoying yourself. Me, I'm just, every day they are just telling me to go and do outreach. <laughs> you are just looking at me and say, Pastor, you just say, where's your, where's your spiritual goal report? Submit your spiritual goal report. Submit your outreach report. You say, ah, but these people are enjoying their life. That can be a definition of your own life. You know some people who are supposed to come for this camp meeting now, but because of some friends who, who have not seen a reason for the camp meeting, they did not come. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Ah, oh, you should know. So it's to tell you that the believer must be consciously conscious or cautious as not to follow the world in what he's doing. I remember there was a time that I think Instagram went down, was it last year, for one day. I observed something. When people came back, it seemed like, it seemed like, wow. Like they missed. And I'm wondering, can't we do without this thing? All in the name to impress. All in the name to be known. And it's just that craving in the hearts of people, I want to be seen. Maybe their parents or their family, they shut them up so much. Shut up! That's it, that's our way. Go and read your books. So they will now go and look for that craving on the social media. So social media will give them acceptance. Then they will not be voicing out their opinion. I can't marry a man that doesn't have so, so, so $10,000 in his account. And if the person is talking, he's, he's working and applying within. 
<laughs> if anything is applying within. <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Then you see, you just see different things. And some of you, you are picking your own trend and life from there. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you, the, the, way you, the, the reason why you bought some dresses is because the person ate it with the dress. So you now thought you have the body. You don't have the body. You don't have the body for the dress. You don't have it. Amen. So that means we have to be cautious so that we are not following the threads of this world. Because man, listen to me, listen to me. Everybody, camp meeting 2023 participant, you are all a product of influence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor, say, you are a product of influence. You're not saying like you mean it. You are a product of influence. The reason you are seated today, even the kind of way you are seated, you are influenced. Your writing, even though some people don't, Tony's writing. <laughs> Let's stop there. <laughs> Let's just stop there. You are influenced. Everybody is influenced. Something is influenced. Even if you say, I'm a man of my own, I'm a man of my thoughts, I don't like this, that statement itself is an influence. <laughs> Even the whole saying, the way you are behaving and saying it, you are influenced. So it's to tell you that you've got to choose your right influence because we are all a product of influence. So it's now left for you to say, is social media going to dictate my own life or the word of God? All the right examples. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Some disciples, some of you, you know, they ought to have been serious in church, but because of one friend, they are not serious. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Some people, they come to church, they like it, they want to serve God. But because of one friend, they are not serving God. Yes. I told you my own story. And I'm life, and I can say it. Amuju Olasoji helped my life. He helped me to receive God's call for my life. The right friends. The right friends. Surround yourself with the right kind of influence because you are easily influenced. Don't think, you know, I told you, don't think, oh, I got it all figured out. See, let me tell you, if your friend starts believing in homosexuality, you are, it is just know you are about to be doomed. Hope you know. Oh, because the person will start. You will start reasoning. The person will start telling you about it and you will start reasoning it too much. You will start thinking that way. 
I told you, I said, some people that are doing so many social vices today, I'm using the word general social vices because there's so many. It's not as if they wanted to do it. It's just a conversation. And those of you that we, we those of you that are workers that we have studied what happened in Genesis 3, and we said it was a conversation that happened with Eve and the serpent. And that was it. And you just know that you will just be influenced, as God really said. And those kind of conversations are still happening in our today's world, as God really said. Are you really sure you can go in that direction? Ah, uh-uh, what is it? How many of you know, some of the reason why you're in camp meeting today is because of a friend. Hope you know. Oh. And how many of you know you're in the right place? So that means we are all, and some of you know that the reason why some people are not here too is because of a friend. That means we are all a product of influence. So that is, so are you seeing who you are now? You can't escape influences. That is, so that means I must determine to choose the right influence. I must. I must. So when the scripture says to guard our heart with all diligence, we are to expose our heart to God's word. That means we are to expose our hearts to his way of thinking, the way of doing things, and it's not an exaggeration. So the believer is regularly engaged in a secular world because you cannot say because you are, you are a Christian now, you will not go to work again. <laughs> Your bills will be waiting for you. <laughs> You pack your bag and be putting placard of help me. <laughs> you can't say because you're a Christian. You won't go to school again. You can't say because you're a Christian, you won't go to the gym. <laughs> Some people, the reason why they want body is because they saw one body in the gym. They went to the gym the first day. So, ah, that's my goal. Influence. Or some people saw it on social media. Do you people only must be saying, hmm. It looks. <laughs> Are you Jimmy? <laughs> the way you say, hmm. Or you know somebody that is Jimmy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so now, that shows that we must understand that we engage in the secular world. You can't stop talking to people. Because you are a Christian. That's why I told you, you can't condemn people. You can't say, because they are homosexual, you can't talk, you are not talking to them. Some of you, your bosses are at work, self. So you can't say, because my boss is this way, I won't go to work again. <laughs> your, your bills will feel it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, but that means we must apply caution. So the believer's worldview must be shaped by the scriptures. The believer must therefore not think of himself as unique. You know, I told you. You must not think of yourself as unique that you cannot be influenced. That thought alone is devilish. Don't think, no, I got it all figured out. Even me, that I'm preaching to you, I'm a product of influence. I am teaching this way I'm teaching because I'm influenced. I am talking this way I'm talking because I'm influenced. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means it's a lie to think you can't be influenced. 
Just stay around it long enough, you will know. It's like a fire. Now, you know if you stay around the fire too long, you will start feeling it. Your body will be hot. Just stay around it long enough. So just talk to the wrong people so much, you will just find that you are doing the wrong thing. And talk to the right people too for long, you will do the right thing. You see why the local church matters now? How many of you have seen it now? Oh. Because that way we will get our right influences. We are all taught God's word, right? Ah. So, I will read you a survey that was carried out, and it says, the survey carried out in America today, 37% of pastors in America, slightly out of one, one out of three, has a biblical worldview. That's 37%. Some have advocated that the biblical worldview can change, almost tending into a teasing. I mean, pastors. And this survey, I think this was, survey was done in 2022 by Arizona University, Christian University. That's Phoenix, this Arizona here. And they said that the biblical worldview among even ministers of the gospel <laughs> is an average of American preachers have a biblical worldview. So that means... Man is a product of influence. So this shows to us that other worldviews apart from biblical worldview as influence. So that means a lot of preachers today in America, what is going on, their worldviews have been altered. That is, they are getting their thought patterns, their influence from other things outside the Bible. So, barely 1 over 30% of preachers in America Stay strictly on the scriptures. That's why you see a whole lot of churches today are fixed on motivation. They are seeker friendly. You enter an average American church. I remember I was talking to a pastor one time and I told the pastor, I said, our service is two, hour, two hours. The person said, that's too long. I said, ah, that's actually a short service. I said, I, I imagine I told the person, I said, we used to do everlasting service sometimes. Some, some years we used to do everlasting service. <laughs> and the person was very strict with me. He said, that's too long. And the person is a preacher. That's too long. He said, what do you say for two hours? <laughs> I, I was surprised. No, I'm not joking. I was very surprised. The person was asking me. I even told the person, I said, we are going to still do opening prayer we will still sing. I say fast, in fact, we used to rush the singing so that we can get into the word quickly. This is still too long. So, so tell me how you do your own service. Because the person was trying to help me as per we just started church. The person was trying to talk to me and say, so you should do this just so that you get more people. I said, ah, <laughs> that's not how I'm trained though. The person asked me, said, do you have some apps? I said, like what? He said, where people can volunteer and put their schedule. And this person was just telling me differently. I just said, okay, how do you run your own service? He said, we just come together. 
under one hour, 45 minutes, we are done. You know what? You know, let me tell you something. You know what some, another Christian will say? That's church. You are mad. I'm sorry to say. Jesus took people to the wilderness for 30 days. People were not born again. 5,000 men for 30 days and taught them. The reason why he did that lo five loaves of bread and two fishes was because he said, we cannot send them away hungry. Paul taught, Utikos, fed and died, woke him up and continued teaching. You now said, so today now, every preacher in America is trying to bend to the rules. 45 minute service, service now look like vapor. Some of you, you know, you've been to churches like that, under one hour the service is done. I remember there was a time I went to a church and I met some people there and I asked the guy, what are you doing here? <laughs> he said, what are you two doing here? I said, I said, well, I have some situations, so I'm looking for church. I'm just going around, so that's why I'm here. I said, so he said, me, I've been here for some months. I said, you've been here. One hour service, they don't even pray. No prayer. Service we start with, let's just worship the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about. Prayer looks like you are stressing too much. Prayer is after the sermon. Such that they just tell you, just bow your heads, talk to God. Speak to God carefully. They tell you just talk to God gently, just talk to Him. So even when they're talking to you, you are so loquacious. They say, Amen. And you nobody said anything. Why will devils, <laughs> why will demons not permeate through your life? Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means. Our worldview has been so everybody is wanting to do service that way, seeker sensitive, such that believers now cannot function without a projector projecting screen of scripture again. So opening Bible is not stressful. Just to open Bible, ah, this church, ah, taking notes. Why should we take notes? Can't we just listen? All the things you have heard, do you remember it? All the things I've been saying since yesterday, do you is there everything you remember? You don't. That's why you take notes. So, our, so you see people in America today now, when you see just ordinary a two-hour service, they say it's too long. And that's because a lot of preachers have bended the rules because they want to fit in to a society. Then we see more of these issues and we say we are complaining. Are you seeing the problem? Then we say, ah, what is happening to our nation? Then you see another believer tell you, that's the church I like, 45 minutes. They don't waste time, so at least I can pick more shift at work. I'm not against speaking shift at work. But it should not be at the detriment of your Christian life. Pick more shift. Make more money. But at least be in prayer meeting. Be on Sundays. Be in midweek. Do outreaches. Are you getting what I'm saying? As far as it will not affect that. Pick your shift. Make sure that your Christian life, you are studying on your own. You are praying. Are you getting what You are reaching now. Are you getting what It doesn't and make your money. That's how to be a good Christian. See, 45 minutes. 
So how do you expect that a good teacher of God's word will teach for 45 minutes? And in that 45 minutes, they will still do prayer, they will still do worship. They will sing and sing and sing and say, we don't have time. And I say, we don't have time. If only we had time. If only we just had time. But you could have time by extending the service a little further and teach. Then you see the lives of believers today. Then you see a lot of church people are now craving to have tattoos. Church people are now craving to do so many social values. They go to church, but yet they are craving to do so many things. It shows that what they are hearing from the pulpit has to be re-examined. So you see a lot of choirs today, they just misbehave. They just do so many things. Why? Because what is on the pulpit is not coming out well. So that shows we have work to do. Our worldview has affected our behavior pattern. Pray for me, I close. So we have work to do. This shows that man is a product of influence. This shows that our behavioral pattern must be, re- must be addressed again. So that we don't, the rise of atheism in our nation has increased so much. See a lot of people, and the reason is because some people are even churchless. They don't want to go to church anymore. They just feel like they can stay in the comfort of their house and sit down and just stream the service. So we have work to do. Who are we? As we approach more lives in this camp meeting, we're going to... Are you seeing who you are now? Are you gradually seeing? Are you seeing things that have shaped your, shaped your thinking, your thought patterns? Are you seeing? Are you seeing that some things don't define you and those things has to change? Ah, it has to. Because you must be seen as a man in Christ. So that means my worldview, my life, my identity starts from the basis of when I believe the gospel. But for some of you, it might be from this camp meeting, you will know it. Even though you've been born again, it might be that from 2023 supernatural camp meeting, that was when I came into an encounter of knowing who I am. Hope you know this is also an encounter. An encounter in God's world of knowing who I am. So you will now be thinking, I expect a good Christian to sit down with these teachings after this camp meeting and just think, watch it again, listen to it again and just think and say, okay, these things I'm doing, this aspect of the way my life is veering, where did I get it from? Because we said man is a product of influence. So you ask yourself, am I in the right influence? Who am I talking to all the time? What has taken my attention? People led us in prayer and said, our focus will be realigned in this meeting. And we will see it happen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessed 
Go your feet and just thank the name of the Lord this afternoon. Bless him and thank him. That you know who you are, bless him, thank him. Lift your hands, thank him. Thank him, lift your hands, bless his holy name. I'm a man of God. I am called by name. I will preach your word to the ends of the earth. Sing that song. Come on. I'm a man of God. I am called by name. I will preach your word. 